This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison. I'm Austin Hoffman. This week we're going to discuss launches in technology. The worst iPhone ever released. The 25 worst gadget flops of all time. And what you should think about them. All this and more on Robot Congress. As more people join this Robot Congress family and come and listen to our ramblings each week, they listen to our backlog a bit, some of which I'm not super proud of as we learned how to podcast. But regardless, universally, most people say their favorite episode is The Future That Never Happened. A list episode from Crack.com involving future predictions and the things that didn't happen with them. This week, Austin works for a cellular provider, and it is the launch of the new iPhone, which has been kind of universally reviewed terribly and hated every which way. Doesn't stop people from ordering it, though. It sounds like there's been lines around the block still, people showing up and buying two of them for whatever reason. It really doesn't matter what Apple puts in their new iPhone, people are going to buy it anyway. Because if you have an iPad, and if you have a MacBook, you're going to buy that iPhone. Because it won't work with your Apple TV if you get a Samsung. I have an iPhone... I really don't get that mentality. Although, to be fair, I would never buy a Mac computer. I don't have Apple TV. I guess I'm not an Apple fanboy, but I would also never own not an iPhone. The important words that I'm hearing here are, I have an iPhone. And I would never own not an iPhone. So that's where I where I find the really interesting part, and I can't but I don't, really understand that. But I would never run out to get the new iPhone. I'm not the first one at the store. I'm a year behind always, at least with these phones. Because they're all pretty similar, but what I want is... But you wouldn't get anything but an iPhone, even no. though they're all pretty similar. But th- No, no, no. The iPhones are all pretty similar. The other phones are not similar, because what makes these smartphones work are the apps on them. And because of my job, I know that most people put their, m- their biggest effort into the iOS release. They don't put anywhere near the same amount of just hours or polishing they do in the Android store, because the Android store is second-class citizens, and... They get what they get, and that's it. They don't expect very good things. You are going to find the same applications that you will find on the Android App Store that you find on the Apple App Store. I know you find the same applications. If They'll have the same name and the same logo. They're going to be worlds apart in terms of quality. Their quality is going to be the exact same, unfortunately. No, it's, but, it's you not, do f- but it's not, though. I'm telling you for a fact it's not, because they're different dev kits, and I know, I know for a fact a lot of my clients put a lot more polishing and effort into the iOS version. Because it's bigger in the United States. I get that. And I guess I hate it. And that's why people keep <laughs> buying iPhones. So just keep buying an iPhone. Maybe they'll well, just I'm- take the internet out of it. And they'll just, you know, they got rid of the headphone jack. I don't really care about that because I have lots of Bluetooth stuff because I work for a cellular provider. And that's the way of the future, not the headphone jack. But the headphone jack, a lot of people use Apple owns Beats, and, you know, a lot of the Beats products have headphone jacks, but they want to go with Bluetooth stuff. It's more expensive. And, again, it's not going to matter because you'll buy the new iPhone eventually anyway. No, but, I I mean, I wouldn't. I don't buy... I didn't buy the 6 Plus. I don't want a giant thing in my pocket. The 6 Plus wasn't the next iteration of the iPhone. It was just an alternate purchase option. It's the new thing, though, that everyone's buying. I didn't get a 6 until, you know, literally about a month ago. Yes, you do hold off on cell phone purchases. It's not that I hold off to hold off though i hold off until they work and until they are something i want 
The uh, the the worst part of the iPhone six is that the cell, the headphone jacks on the bottom. I I actually really hate that. But regardless, it's something I'm now accustomed to and now am fine with. I'm I can't imagine a world in which I get the seven in its current iteration with that. I use the headphone jack every single day. I, when I go running, I listen to the headphones. When I do anything else i listen to the headphones you'll just have to buy your airpods like everybody else that owns an iphone no you know and you know why i won't do that because they look ridiculous no i don't care about that although they do i the, the front facing picture of them you look very silly but we've said that about plenty of other things and the, the, people wear the them. photo the, the press picture that they used for the airpods that was the best that they could get and they looked ridiculous it's like their earrings that are hanging out of your ears and yet i'm sure they'll eventually pick up and everyone will be wearing them. Well, I, d- I don't know about that. But regardless, the reason I don't want them is because I am still one of those grandfathers about uh, just definitely getting brain cancer from all those things. It's why I never used the Bluetooth. It's never. It's why I never did. But you still use a cell phone. But I never pick it up and answer it. I only answer it with headphones or on speakerphone. I truly will never hold that phone to my head. So that, that and I foot, know I'm ridiculous. Difference between the phone and your head while you're using it. You think that that's going to make a huge difference in your brain cancer? No, but I I do imagine pressing it against your head is not the 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 best alternative to just holding it in front so of you'll you. just be the last one to drop dead maybe but what we really don't know is the cell phone signal worse for your brain cancer or is the bluetooth signal worse for your brain cancer you have no idea but what if bluetooth is completely harmless but regardless neither one of them is going to be near my head so you are one of the very 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 minute and few people but i can't believe that because yes i i mean listen i am a bit of a hypochondriac I know that. I don't understand how you run a technology. It, you you literally have a technology law firm, and you're terrified of the cancer that your phone is giving you. We're all going to die. I'm not terrified of it. I'm just not getting it. I know because I run a technology law firm, I know all the ways the various things we use give us cancer, and I don't want it. When I sit in front of my dual monitors as I'm working for 18 hours a day, I know the EMP from my computer is slowly killing me. But that's fine because it's not directly touching my ear. I don't rub my face on my computer monitor to speed up the process. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I don't rub my cell phone on my ear. You don't rub your face all over your computer monitor? All right. Tangent over aside. As we were saying, the list episode was very popular. Everyone enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to do another one. Now, because of the iPhone 7, we're going to look at Tom'sGuide.com. 25 worst gadget flops of all time. The article is written by Mark Spoonauer from June 1st. Only a couple months ago, so this is pretty up to date. Okay, so June first, twenty sixteen. June first, twenty sixteen, which I it, it it is. So uh, the, the list starts off strong because the first one that they give us is the Segway. Oh, okay. Well, the Segway, everybody's familiar with those. Uh, have you mall seen cops. someone? I was just gonna say, have you seen someone ride a Segway who's not a mall cop no. or leading a tour guide throughout some distant city? Listen, I dr- I walk all day as a tour guide. I really needed a Segway because I was tired of walking. No, it, I don't see anyone on a Segway. It is really funny that you only see... Like, Segways apparently signed a contract with every mall in the world, and that's it. I, you don't see them anywhere. And, and also, I believe the owner of the Segway died while riding a Segway. Segways are extremely helpful if you need to get around a mall. I guess that's it. Speaking of Segways, let's segue into the next one. Google Glass. Google Glass was a really cool idea. It was a Talk window to the future. Cancer on your head. <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm it's... kidding. I didn't have similar fears with Google Glass. I don't know why. Because why? It's, just your eye. it's Bluetooth, dude. I don't. 
don't I don't know. I don't have a good reason for it, but I don't I don't have the same concern with Google Glass. I will tell you this. I think Google Glass was released knowing it was going to fail. I think Google is slowly pushing us all into the idea of wearable technology, into the idea of, hey, try out this new thing. Same with Apple Watch. I don't think Apple Watch was ever intended to be on everybody's wrist. Eventually, it's going to be like contact lens you put in and, oh, well, this is way better than Google Glass. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Do you think that AR augmented reality is the way of the future? Yes. So Google Glass was a huge first step. I I think that immensely more than I think VR is going to be. The, the next, gaming, the next big thing. gaming thing. Yeah. Although apparently it's fantastic for porn. Okay, uh, <laughs> I, I mean VR has a lot of ways that it's going to revolutionize a lot of industries. I don't know that gaming's necessarily one of them immediately. Augmented reality, on the other hand, I think is going to be everything in our life is going to be augmented reality. We can just look at the the first big augmented reality thing that I can think of, which was Pokemon Go. I mean, it was Pokemon, but it was. It was augmented reality, given... To a really low degree, but yes, that was absolutely something on the way there. It showed that it could be successful. The biggest problem with wearable technology is... How stupid you look with it. If you look like a moron, no one wants it. You don't want to walk around school with Google Glass on because no one says, hey, that kid's cool. He spent a ton of money on Google Glass. He's from the future. Awesome and rich. They say, oh, what a lunatic that kid looks like. And, you know, until the Kardashians start wearing this stuff, it's never going to take off. And there will be something that's going to look good and people will wear and want. The next one I've never even heard of. It's the BlackBerry Playbook. Nope. It sounds like a phone, which I should be familiar with, but BlackBerry is kind of dead. According to Tom, the Playbook will be remembered as one of the nails in the BlackBerry's coffin. The company that was then called Research in Motion was so busy boasting that its 7-inch tablet... Oh, so it's an early tablet... That it could play high-def videos via its HDMI port that it forgot to include native email and calendar apps. Oh, Lord. It's a strictly entertainment device. What's wrong with that? That's really funny. They released a tablet that you could not check email on or have your calendar. Yeah, BlackBerry was uh, on top of the world and and just... They didn't innovate enough. They didn't move forward. They just lit themselves on fire. Speaking of lighting yourself on fire, the next on the list is hoverboards. Those stupid things that everyone in Manhattan was on for about a week started literally lighting on fire. So you ask me if I've seen people on Segways. I have not seen people on Segways. I still see people on these hoverboards. I hate that they're called hoverboards, but that's what it is. And I have kids rolling into stores. I see I see so many of those things everywhere. I hate them because people just, it's like you're on a mini bike and you don't give a crap about where you're going or who's in your way. <laughs> you are going forward. And I almost want to trip them. They, they go flying, but then I'll be legally responsible. I've never seen someone on a hoverboard that I didn't immediately think was an asshole and that i would have thought was an asshole even if they didn't have the hoverboard they're always wearing like a tom hardy shirt or or they just look like an absolute moron i mostly see little kids that don't care about anyone around them you know what i guess i get most annoyed by the fact that they will just cruise wherever they want regardless of where other people are trying to go i thought it was really cool though the one good part of hoverboards was when i went on the subway and there's a giant sign that says no hoverboards (laughs) Because I really felt like I officially had hit the future. It's the kind of discrimination that you can really get behind. None of you hoverboard people in here. No hoverboards allowed. Get out. No, I really just thought it was kind of a a cool... It really felt like... I guess technology has been going so quickly that we don't appreciate how far into the future we are jumping. I try to. I try to, to really be impressed and not take for granted all the modern conveniences we have. But seeing a sign on the subway that said no hoverboards... I really felt like I had time traveled. It was it was cool. And yes, they're not really hoverboards. It's just a cool sign. 
And I really can't wait until we're far enough into the future that we can never see hoverboards again because we don't have to worry about rolling around and we have leg implants that let us jump up really high. Oh, my God. Moving on. Nintendo Virtual Boy. I had the Virtual Boy for like three weeks. I was just going to say, there was no one in the world who had a Virtual Boy who wasn't incredibly spoiled and incredibly rich. And you and our other friend that we will not name had it. And uh, it was, we would go over and play it. And I only remember Mario Tennis, but I do remember it was terrible. And it gave you, that actually gave you eye cancer. I was trying to figure out what was so appealing about the Virtual Boy when I had it. Like, I I, I got it. But it it. was the price of like... It's a price of like an Xbox now is what it released for. I mean, not really. I think it was $200, but back then that was obscene. But like I got it as a kid and I was like so excited. Like, wow, they just put out this new virtual console and I, I played it and I'm like, what's supposed to be entertaining about this? I, that's the thing. I guess I, I hopefully won't get eye cancer because I didn't play it for that long because there wasn't that fun. They sold under a million units, which is terrible. And they also, <laughs> you were playing and it would make you take a break every 15 minutes and they put all over the box, please do not play for more than 15 minutes at a time. So even people who wanted it were like, maybe check they- out this new car. Can't drive it for more than 10 minutes, though. You got to stop and then well, get out. Because it, or it'll kill you. Like it, it's <laughs> yeah. going to burn your eyes out. Knives it, shoot out of the seat. But it, yeah, it wasn't like it, this can't be powered for more than 15 minutes. It was like your eyes will be destroyed if you play this more than 15 minutes. Because it was just, if you remember, it just shot like infrared lasers into your Everything eyes. Everything was red in the world. Yeah, it was. Oh, uh, wow. Well, well, I forgot about Virtual Boy. I never forgot about Virtual Boy. Next on the list is the, my View, the View Sonic Air Panel Smart Display V110. I don't know what that is, but it's part of Microsoft's ill-conceived Smart Display product line. The Air Panel allowed users to access their PCs wirelessly from up to 150 feet away. So is this supposed to be like that glass that you can use your computer on? No, it was like a tablet with a really short leash for $1,000. <laughs> Wait, okay, so it's a tablet that would let you access your computer, but only from a very short range, even though you can use applications to access your computer from a world away. Yeah, it was also super glitchy. It made your computer useless if you were using it, so you could go sit on your couch and kind of use your computer terribly, (laughs) but it's not like someone else could also use the computer. All right, that sounds like a great idea. Oh, here's not an iPhone, the Amazon Fire Phone. Oh, the Amazon Fire... That came out. I forgot about that, and it wasn't even that long ago. That came out in 2014. It wasn't even that long ago. I was still... I I was working at a cellular provider when that came out. I, I know, and they still sell it on every you know deal of the day they're like please buy an apple fire phone it reminds me of the i river remember the i river i don't know what the i river the is. i river was what i actually bought instead of the the ipod back in the day it was its main competitor and then it just completely disappeared into oblivion the amazon fire phone i don't think i've ever seen anybody actually own i remember people coming in and asking about the amazon fire phone and i told them i think it was at&t uh carried but I, I, I no amazon fire phone i, I mean i we thought that maybe it would take off but it wasn't really a great device so yeah it 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 it. amazon keeps putting out these amazon only products and i realize that they are a huge retailer they 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 sell so much i buy almost everything off of amazon Same with me and same with most of america right now that's why they do that they're starting to also just make it part of everyday life they're futuring it up if you see those little tap buttons now you can put wherever you keep your paper towels you can buy this little five dollar button and when you press the button, it auto-orders you paper towels. I had no idea that and was it, a thing. That sounds like a great idea, though. And they're all branded. So it's if you're out of Tide detergent, you put it where you keep your detergent, you click the button, and it'll auto-ship you new Tide detergent. Is that Bluetooth connected? Austin, stop. It's... but. <laughs> I have no idea how it's connected, but it, it absolutely, uh, it's not something that is necessary for my life. Maybe maybe in the future, because I don't know. Because you couldn't have them around because of the signals. 
No, no, no. It's absolutely not that. It's because this isn't touching your head, so I don't care. It's it's just. But it's going through your head. It doesn't matter. I don't care about that. It's it's more just. I I think it's silly. I I do buy everything off Amazon, and I will continue to do so. But they're doing things like this to make Amazon kind of like Big Brother between Amazon, Google, and Facebook. I mean, they're they. There's nothing that we're gonna have any control over very soon. Oh, Google run. Yeah, Google has access to everything I have. Oh, well, that's because yeah. I have Android phones powered by Google. I'm going to skip a couple of these because no one's ever heard of them. How about the Nokia N-Gage? Do you remember that? Nope. Once upon a time, Nokia believed it could compete in the handheld gaming market. This was in 2003. This was. Do you remember You everyone had the mid-90s Nokia phone that you could throw off a building or kill a guy with and it would never, the screen would never crack. It was, it was beauty. Nokia made the best cell phones, but they also made the worst gaming consoles. It was a combination phone and mobile console that I think the same friend of ours who had the Virtual Boy had this too. Uh, it was about three hundred dollars, and it was just—it was a terrible phone and a terrible gaming. How console. big was it? Because if it's a, it's a th- an early two thousands like gaming like device and a phone, you know that's not a smartphone. I mean, it would be a smartphone it, it nowadays. It was bigger but... than a DS. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so you can't. Wow. That well, there's a reason that it didn't do well. I imagine. Uh, the MSN Direct smartwatches. This was kind of an early Apple Watch. According to Mark, the author of this article, literally and figuratively, MSN Direct smartwatches were ahead of their time. Made by the likes of Fossil and Swatch, these bulky wristworm monstrosities fetch stock quotes, news, sports, and weather via FM radio waves for $9.99 a month. Unfortunately for Microsoft and its partners, smartphones already did the above and much more. The hardware faded away from the market entirely within four years, which is longer than I would expect. And then... Apple comes out with similar later on. I, I would bet Apple's on this list. We they really seen the list. should have modeled it after the Pip Boy because then if they'd waited until Fallout 3's release, it, they would have blown up. Well, so same with Apple and same. I mean, the Pip Boy is a very possible thing. I'm not. I don't think the Pip Boy. I think the Pip Boy is less ridiculous than an Apple Watch because you can do so much more with something bigger like that on your wrist or. The new band I saw that's very interesting is it's a very thin band you wear around your wrist and it, it projects the screen on your arm and then you can use it just like a touchscreen phone, but it's just literally a projection on your arm. Sometimes the future scares me. But that is something I can see totally work. It's a really thin little band that kind of creates a pit boy on your arm. And that's really cool. That is amazing, actually. Wait, is that on this list? No, because it didn't no, come out yet. No, and it's going to be super successful when it does. Buy stock now. <laughs> uh, Web TV. Web TV. What's that? It was a startup back in the 90s that basically said you can use the internet from your TV. You can uh, hear it was an early smart TV, but like way too early. It and was I like, imagine the controls were terrible because you probably had to use your remote controller. Yeah, it, it, it came with everything for the modem and, and the keyboard and everything else. There's no one who wanted to check their email on their TV in the mid-90s. I still don't want to check my email on my TV. Mid-90s, that was when you didn't even really use the your computer except for occasionally. No, no, no. no, no. I think this was, it's 96, which I, again, I didn't check, but I would say that's at the height of AOL. I'm thinking of, I'm using Seinfeld as a bookmark uh, for this little topic. And I remember in Seinfeld, they had a computer they really only used to print out things and check emails occasionally. I think 96 is when we were all sitting in AOL chat rooms and playing Brood War together and things like that. I guess we would have to check and see when uh, when those games came out. Yeah. World of Warcraft was 2004. Yes, that I know. Ultima Online. Oh, this. Oh, the Zune is next. 
Remember the Zune? Well, everyone remembers the Zune because everyone can make fun of the Zune. It's too Zune to make fun of the Zune. Oh, my God. Nailed you didn't it. come up with that. Actually. All right. You might have just thought of it right now, but someone's come up with it before, unfortunately, because uh, otherwise we could just make bank on that one on that one phrase. <laughs> no, my, my buddy Ian actually came up with that during fantasy football trash talk of all things. Uh, I don't know why we were talking about the Zune. So the Zune <laughs> was an i was an iPod competitor. I had like one of the one of the first. We were playing fantasy football and talking about the Zune somehow. That's the kind of life I lead. <laughs> so the Zune was Microsoft's attempt. At, it was their stab at a portable music player, and it I don't these, know if there was anything wrong this, with it. When I said iRiver earlier, I should the Zune was the main competitor, but I, I thought the iRiver was better. What was wrong with the Zune? Was it just not intuitive? It was just too late. Too late to the party. So you're in the cellular game. Do you remember a Motorola Rocker E1? Nope, that was before I started. It's before Apple dove into the smartphone market. It dipped a toe in the water by partnering with Motorola for the Roker E1. It was the first iTunes phone. Sounds like a great idea, but then Apple probably figured out that they could make their own phone and blew up from there. Motorola did all the droids, and those were very popular smartphones uh, early on. Now they still, well, now they're Moto. They make good phones, but nobody buys them because everybody just wants iPhones or Samsungs. Yeah, and it's not that this phone was bad. It's that it wasn't a smartphone. It was an iPod on your phone, and no one wanted a worse phone with a worse iPod. Everyone was comfortable at that point having their iPod and a phone. It was just kind of normal for to carry around both, and this wasn't going to replace it. But people... Obviously, we're looking for a replacement. That's why the iPhone exploded. This this one wasn't good enough. Possibly Apple made this partnership because they wanted to just test the waters with an iPhone. And then uh, they saw that there was totally room for that. Next on the list is the Twitter Peak. And this was... Is this a device specifically for Twitter? It's literally a device that you could only check Twitter with. I know a lot of people really like Twitter and live their lives on Twitter. Yeah, but this this was so bad. It only showed you a 20-character preview of tweets, so you couldn't even scroll nicely or quickly. You Twitter had to, caps out at, what, 140, 140 characters? 140, but still, like, you had to, if you wanted to see your timeline or tweets, you had to click each one individually. You had to scroll seven times. And you could either pay $200 up front for it or $8 a month if you spent $100. So... No one was going to buy this. It was absolutely stupid. This was literally just the the, the worst single-purpose device, though, probably ever created, because there was already smartphones. This came out in 2009. There was already phones that you could check Twitter on. What's the worst tech launch you can remember? Aside from this list, what's something that really stands out to you is, I was excited for this piece of technology. Oh, my God, this piece of technology is terrible. The new Moto phones. Uh, I was excited about them. A bunch of the cell manufacturers are experimenting with the idea of mods. They're pieces that can change what your phone does. LG has it with camera mods, but they're a little awkward. Motorola has thrown their hats into the ring. And the idea is that your phone has a space on a back for it. It's a thin phone, which is great. But it has a fat speaker mod that triples the weight of the phone when you slap it on, and it's not as good as a separate Bluetooth speaker. That's that's part of the problem with these mods. So there's a projector one that's kind of cool, but you pay $300 in order to be able to share YouTube videos on the wall at 480p. There's a battery mod that you slap on the back, and it extends the life of your phone. That's great, but you also can't use a case with your phone. So in addition to having this expensive mod on the back, if you drop your phone, there's no protection for it. 
and you're probably going to break your expensive phone with its expensive mod. The only mod that they came out with that I thought, wow, that's actually kind of a cool idea besides the battery one, is a camera mod that gives you a really nice camera. Again, it's kind of bulky. You slap it onto the back, and instead of using your phone camera, you can get like a 10 times zoom high-resolution camera. I was excited for this phone. It came out, and then I just saw its limitations, and nobody has come out with any mod ideas that really made me think, wow, I'm really excited to buy that and put it on the back of my phone. Just get an iPhone. Just get an iPhone, because everyone else is. Yeah, absolutely. I think mine is a little sillier because I know people don't agree with me, but I've, I've still never found a purpose for a tablet that I can't just do with my laptop or my phone. The idea is that you have it's a bigger phone that doesn't make phone calls. But the, I don't want that. I, I can take notes just as quickly as my on my phone. I do, commonly. It's for people that want a bigger screen. That really is it. It's supposed to be a quote-unquote replacement for a laptop because they do have Bluetooth keyboards for them. And it's basically supposed to be a lighter, more portable version of a laptop. That's that's the end of it. That's what a tablet is. Fair enough. Going down now, do you remember the QCAT reader? No. The, I'm no sorry, idea. the QCAT barcode reader? I do remember this because this was this was hyped up for quite a bit. I think my mom really wanted one. It, it was basically something you would scan a product in a magazine and then there would be a USB port that you would go to your computer and plug it in and then it would take you to a website to buy that product. Couldn't you just Google that product? Well, so that's why this bombs so terribly. Because <laughs> why would you do all that when you could just see something you wanted and Google that product? Wow, the, the Miriam X4 iron. That looks like a really cool product. How do I buy that? Oh, wait, I'm holding a magazine that probably has a website on it, or I can just go to Google and just find it. They tried to make this work so badly, though. Wired and Forbes were, like, throwing this at subscribers for free. They were trying to make this, like, such a household item. And everyone with that on that side of the industry was like, please use this. This is so cool. Do you see something that you want to buy? You should scan it, and then you can plug it into your computer and figure out how to buy it. No, you can just go to your computer and Google it. And it, it's obviously gone. It looked like a cat, though. I think that's why my mom wanted it. Uh, remember the Google Nexus Q? Google Nexus, had, there's a lot of iterations of that. I don't know know what the queue is well according to mark it was an unmitigated disaster that's always fun it looked like the death star it was overpriced at 300 dollars, and it attempted to make media consumption more social you and your friends could create a queue of tracks or your youtube clips and stream them from your phone or tablet inexplicably though the nexus queue couldn't access anything other than google's content making the roku look like the deal of the century so basically it was something you would connect to your tv or your phone or your tablet or whatever to show people hey look at this youtube video and that's it it would only show things Google owned. So it, nowadays, that's not that bad because Google has a lot of stuff. Well, no, this wasn't that long ago. So even, but it is that bad because they don't own everything. Like, yes, it's cool to watch YouTube, but what if I want to look at Hulu? All right, fine. I can do that on everything else except Google. In fact, a Roku can access a ton of stuff, and a Roku I can get for forty bucks, and it doesn't look like a giant Death Star that I have to leave on my counter. Let me just see the picture of it quick. Oh wow. Okay, yeah, it is a Death Star. I did not know what to think. It's a big old orb. This is uh, that's good radio, folks. Does Sony still have tablets? Sony, yes, they have the Xperia brand tablets because they have this. The Sony Tablet P is is near the top of this list. It was small enough for a jacket pocket, but it was way too big for your jeans, and it cost six hundred dollars. That's still not out of the wheelhouse for tablet prices. They're around that much. Well, the downside was was it folded. That was why it could fit in a jacket pocket. That was the whole thing. It's a tablet you could fold, so it had two different screens, but none of the apps worked across the screens. And it was made to try that, but the apps weren't... The way these phones work and the way everything works is you have the hardware, you have the dev kits, and then you say, all right, devs, make apps for this. And most devs don't make apps for this. They make apps for the iPhone. And oh then they God. try to put it over to the, uh, the, the Android market or anywhere else. 
But apparently for this folding phone, there wasn't a ton of money in it. So people just made apps that would break when you tried to bring them over both screens. And the, the Sony... So it sounds like a very inconvenient tablet. It's potentially a smart idea. I mean, it is. It's cool. Oh, okay. That solves my, my problem with the tablet. I can fold it up and put it in a gi- giant jacket pocket, but not a jeans pocket. Eh, it, it doesn't matter. But it also didn't support AT&T's LTE network, which was the hot thing at the moment. So it uh, it instantly outdated itself. So it meant that you couldn't connect with the tablet that's supposed to be super portable. Right. They're actually still trying folding tablets, by the way. Those are still being developed. So it might not be weird in 10 years to see a tablet being folded up and then into the size of a phone, actually. You might, you might see a tablet that becomes a phone or vice versa, but only if they do it with an iPhone. And the, the last was, I think, it, I don't even know if it's out yet, but it was the, lo- the log bar ring logo bear ring logo bear ring it's a giant giant silver ring it's it's i mean the the one i saw at least is very thick it looks like you have a a a washer and bolt around your finger and it's to point at your tv and turn it on and stuff like that just to give you guys an idea of what we're looking at it looks like something that a prison might put around you just to make sure that everybody knows that you're a prisoner and in case you escape and I don't understand, like, you get to feel like a wizard for 300 bucks to turn on your TV. I would pay $300 it. to feel like a wizard. Uh, it's not a very good wizard. Does it just turn a TV on? What else does it do? It could activate smartphone apps and stuff like that, but nothing that, nothing you care about. The item on here that I think is ridiculous, that it shouldn't be on here, because it's going to be the greatest release of this year. Google Glass. The floating Bluetooth speaker. Oh, uh, is that the UE Roll floating yeah, whatever Bluetooth it is, speaker? The one where you put it in the thing and it just floats in the air, and then it's like a Bluetooth speaker. Floats in the air? What are you talking about? Uh, there's a there's a waterproof speaker that comes with a floaty, so you can put it in like water, like a pool. No, that's not what I said. Floats I said, a, what's a floating Bluetooth speaker? No, it's so it's not that kind of floating. It's f- literally floats in the air. It has like I guess it's magnets. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it has a base, and then you put the Bluetooth speaker on top of it, and it floats in the air. Wait, does it just like float like six inches over the base? Yeah, it's really cool. God, it's ha- like my floating bonsai Does it tree. have a price point? It's like my floating bonsai tree. Yeah, which you still don't have, by the way. <sighs> They're coming. It's coming. Yeah, and so is this floating Bluetooth speaker. Everything in my house will be floating soon. Dog, floating, couch, floating. Dog. floating. My computer screen's floating. I can't control how they're how they're turning. But it's ridiculous that it's 2016 and I, nothing floats in my house. <laughs> it's also ridiculous we have to shower. Yeah, right. What? I was thinking about that this morning. Like, what, why do you are we still showering? Do you want the Dexter's Lab satellite that just destroys dirt on you with a laser? Yeah. The pro- you remember what the problem with that was? No. It destroyed his clothes. And he was naked. And I I think he was at school. Every morning, your skin should rinse off your body, and you should step out of your bed through like this. Your skin should rinse off your body like like a snake? Is that what you're saying? exactly. And then you walk through like your your bedroom doorway is just like skin, and you walk through, and then it just wraps around your body. So you're not talking about a technological advancement. You're talking about a genetic advancement. No, no, no. no. I want this to be painful and and technological. Austin, I am very excited for you to tell everyone a little bit more about Mustache Coffee Club and the perks that come with it. Austin, can you please say something? Oh. Oh. Oh, no. He he looks terrible. Uh, we, pro- we probably shouldn't have done that. To, to do the commercial, we had Austin try regular coffee from the deli down the street and i had mustache coffee club i'm full of energy i feel great austin seems to have not only fallen asleep he also looks really sick and austin always looks terrible but he looks real bad right now 
Well, I guess that's to be expected. Uh, he had coffee that's probably been sitting in that pot for 12 hours. And I had Mustache Coffee Club, which ships premium quality single origin coffee straight to my mailbox. They have a coffee subscription service, so you don't have to keep worrying about filling up your coffee coffers. <laughs> coffee coffer. Trademarking that. They select a different coffee every week from the best coffee growing regions all over the world. So you'll always get the best roast and the best tasting pot of joe. Mustache Coffee Club focuses on freshness. Coffee is best three to four days after a roast and goes stale about three weeks out. I used to keep a bunch of coffee in my fridge for a long time, and obviously it's a cup of fresh air, which is a saying I'm going to to stick with. MustacheCoffeeClub.com offers a free trial, and in addition, listeners to this podcast can use the code ROBOT for $10 off their first shipment. We highly recommend you do it because it actually is delicious. And if you don't, you'll probably pass out and maybe die like Austin is right now. It's a great way to support our podcast. It's a great way to support HeadGum. And it's a great way to support the wonderful sponsor who took a risk on a little video game attorney and his terrible, terrible, terrible friend, MustacheCoffeeClub.com. See you in the Steam Challenge. This week, back to the A through Z challenge. Each week, Austin and I go on Steam. We go to a game we have not played or have not played in a long time. We give it a go. We play it till we quote-unquote know it, and then we tell you what we think. This week, I played I, Divine Cybermancy. Now, that sounds like a weird game. It is a weird game. And it's a co-op-friendly shooter. It's a cyberpunk kind of game that you are an agent of this weird-ass future agency that hacks into oh my god okay this is the worst you've ever done in i divine cybermancy you are an agent of i futuristic monastic psi warrior monks you use guns so sick of all these games about futuristic cyber monks or whatever you said cyber warrior monks oh it's like every game but this game really stands out the storyline if you can try to grasp what's going on in it is very is very gripping uh, except for the fact that after you've really been enjoying the game for, I think, about five or six hours, the campaign ends and you're sad because the game was a lot of fun. So they have hacking in this game, like cyber hacking. They have... Don't uh, list 30 kinds of hacking. Oh, okay. I could feel you about to do it. So they have hacking in this game. They have gunplay, melee combat. They have a lot of really fun gameplay elements. Uh, I, it seems to be using like the Half-Life 2 engine, but the co-op in this game is really fun. The missions are cool, except there's not enough of the game to enjoy. Then why have you never invited me to play with you, Austin? Because you don't have the game and you wouldn't be on top of it. You'd be like, oh, Austin, this game's dumb. It's got cyber warrior monks. That doesn't sound like me. Because I've just been playing it for the Steam A through Z challenge and I found out how fantastic of a game it is. Absolutely pick this game up if you like some weird storylines and like weird hacking where you can hack a drone and then it goes and shoots other people. You fight aliens and you also fight like your fellow I members. You're uh, selling it terribly. Do you want to redo part of that? Okay. You're making it just, I don't know, you're making it sound like a really cliche shooter. In the future, mankind is at war with these otherworldly aliens. Only the secretive eye organization can stop them. But there's a problem. There's a feud in between the leaders of eye. And you're caught on on one side and you have to fight fellow eye members. So this game takes place in multiple mission areas. And some of them are actually inside the temple, which is huge. Like the scope of the game, they basically throw you inside of an Assassin's Creed sized map. 
and you get to do whatever you want to accomplish the mission. It's a very open-ended, but also like really fun. Like I got kind of bored with Assassin Creed's com- uh, with Assassin Creed's combat, but this game it's shooting. You can do melee. You describe this game as Half Life Two and Assassin's Creed, which could not be more different. Yeah, and they melded them perfectly. So is it first person? Yeah. It is first person. So then it's nothing like Assassin's Creed. But it's very open world mission like Assassin's Creed. Take a step back. You're doing great. I feel really, and now I understand what the game is. Re- redo this and never say the words Assassin's Creed because that has nothing to do with this game. And there's a million games with open worlds. Just say it's a huge open world. It, every mission area is a big open world with a few options to get the things done that you need done. <laughs> That's great. I'm serious. It's, you're doing good. Frank. It also has RPG elements, which I always love, in that you can talk to some of the characters and you can learn more about the world, and they have level-up systems, which it, basically, if that's in a shooter, then that's a big thing for me, like Borderlands. I totally agree with you, it, until, until you said Borderlands, uh, which I notoriously... I mean, I, I know I'm alone on an island there, but I, I don't like it. Absolutely alone. Uh, Borderlands 2. Get Divine Cybermancy. It's a good game, and it's an old. It's an older game now, so it's got to be pretty cheap. I played Earthworm Jim. Oh, so you're saying you're telling me that you replayed Earthworm Jim? I played Earthworm Jim a lot on Sega Genesis. It was one of my favorite characters. It is a it is a notable mascot of my childhood. Earthworm Jim. I replayed it now, and I I truly don't know if I've ever gotten past like the second level. It's uh the game's way harder than I remembered. A lot as, of those are, yeah, as are most of them. I, so it, it makes you wonder if I got worse at games or if I just never got past the second level and would replay <laughs> Earthworm Jim a ton because I w- was a kid and had fun with it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 a difficult game and it's also not very well made compared. Um, it's unfair to call a Sega Genesis Steam port not well made. But you see things like it's just there's a hook and you have to worm yourself up to it and it, it's hard to whip it in the right area, the right section. It's just, it, it, I had a lot of trouble with it. I'm going to be honest. It's, uh, it was not up. My frustration levels are not what they used to be. And I, I did not get very far into Earthworm Jim before I decided I'm going to leave this to nostalgia because in no way do I want a negative memory associated with Earthworm Jim, but in no way do I want to keep playing this game. Is it difficult in the way that like old Mega Man games are difficult? They have pretty reliable controls, but it's just uh, the game is hard and it's not something that we're used to now. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of that. It's also I was not playing it with the controller. I was playing it with the keyboard and it's definitely not made for that. So... I, there, there's a lot Earthworm Jim can do for such an old game. You can use the worm part as a whip. You can shoot your gun. You can jump certain areas, and you have to kind of do them all in this perfect combination, or a crow will s- swoop down and get you. It wasn't, and it's not in my wheelhouse to do well anymore. So I, uh, I yeah, I, I put that one down. Honestly, it was fun to see. It was, it was a nice little haha to relive. I didn't try Earthworm Jim two, but I bought it, and maybe that is made a little more streamlined for. Someone like me, I'll, uh, I'm will i going to give that a whirl. I won't count that as my next A through Z challenge, but it's something that I'm just going to try. I'll let you know how I liked it. What what I hate to hear here is that you can't recommend Earthworm Jim on Steam. I would recommend downloading it because it's like a dollar, and then you have Earthworm Jim, and you're probably better at it than I am, whoever you are listening to this. Does it have a fun humor to the game? Yeah, it's still, it's still, it's Earthworm Jim. He's a, there's a, for those who don't know, which is I, we do. I can't imagine who you are. No, but in all seriousness, we do have a lot of younger people that listen to this. And uh, Earthworm Jim is not a current, very popular game. No, you could say it's from a you know not like from the nineties. When I was a kid, nineties uh, kids only past this point, please. Oh God, I hate Hashtag those so 90s much. Kids. 
Uh, Earthworm Jim, there, there was this superhero suit, basically. It's, uh, it's this cosmic super suit that anyone who goes into it becomes a superhero and you get superpowers and you're super strong and it has a cool gun and everything else. Kind of like the, the Carnage suit or the Venom suit, but it's, it's an actual suit. Uh, not so much an Iron Man suit, if that makes sense. So it just kind of enhances you into some kind of super being. It's not like a, a giant suit of armor with a million abilities. Regardless, this suit crash lands on Earth. I forget why. Maybe the guy was dead in it or whatever. But who goes into the Can't super suit? Super. An Earthworm. Earthworm Jim. This poor little innocent Earthworm who's just fighting crows all day and trying to stay alive. Now all of a sudden is Earth's greatest superhero. And he still basically just goes around and beats up crows. And saves space puppies. Yeah, he does save space puppies. Uh, the space cat is evil. And he's a, he's a good dude. Earthworm Jim's a good guy. Well, you can't help being good if you're a worm. But I mean, the There's game, nowhere to go but up. The game is funny, though. You, you shoot your gun and he just does that kind of like screaming and bracing himself because he doesn't want to be doing any of it. Uh, so it, it is funny. And then when you use the whip to get up to different levels, it's actually Jim that you like take out of the suit. The worm whip. part? Yeah. Exactly. So, it's, so so the game has like some fun and, and good flavor. It's just a matter of you not being good enough to enjoy games anymore. Yeah, and if I was in a better mood, I might have tried a little harder, but it's uh, it's worth a go. Everyone go get Earthworm Jim. And get I Divine Cybermancy so I have other people to play with because that game is older and nobody plays it anymore. And follow me on Twitter. My name is Mr. Ryan Morrison. Follow me on Twitter. My name's Robot Austin. And you can follow the show at Robot underscore Congress. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Seriously, do it or we'll find you. We know where you live. Good night. That was a HeadGum Podcast.